0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Peloton Podcast, where discussions of life, psychology, and spirituality intersect, always inviting us to our whole and true selves. I'm James Trone, and I'll be leading us through discussions on these various topics based on readings, experience, and interviews. We hope you enjoy. Today I want to talk about the stages of our journey. Um, I've been writing a lot about these the stages on my blog and as I've mentioned uh, in my writings around this there's probably not a day that goes by or at least not a week that goes by that I don't reference and think about these stages both for myself and then as I spend time with others in my counseling practice and these stages are uh, comprised of nine stages. They uh, Came about. I discovered them through a reading, an email um, that was sent uh, from Richard Rohr about four years ago. A daily email he sends out that you can subscribe to on what he called the evolution of consciousness, and it was a email series I think that went on for about a week regarding the these nine stages, and he really referenced work of Ken Wilber, who's a uh, philosopher and thinker out in uh, boulder colorado and a brilliant man uh, and as i read these nine stages why i was drawn to him so much is i i reflected on you know one is it, it's a it serves as a mile marker to where we are um and where we're going but i it, they resonated so much because it it spoke to something in each stage that i that I just found that named some things I had never heard before in such a way. It was the naming of this experience, this naming of this season, if you will, that gave a lot of solace to me and actually put put into perspective this place, this journey that I think we you know, we're all trying to find our way through life. And what's hard is, is, especially in different seasons of life, of making sense of it all. And I think that's what we have to do, make meaning of where we're going. And so that's the, really the, um, the purpose behind this. And certainly, go read Roar on this and others. Um, I'm just taking what I've read through through him but just found I needed more information. And then I started realizing that um, that I too needed to put my own experience in this and, and write about. So the, the path is so long that we I think of our journey that we, we can't really see ever around the bend. We don't know where we're going because of the current season we're in. Um, you know, there's this truth that life is not linear but it's often this series of ups and downs or one step forward, two steps back or two steps forward, one step back. And to make it real simple, there's this first half, second half of life. So these nine stages can be comprised of really three distinct series of these nine stage one through four is the first half of life. The, uh, the, the life lived out of ego. Stage five and six are the stage of the dark knot of the soul. And stage seven through nine are really about living life and second half of life. And I'll explain more of that as we go. But real brief, to, to summarize the stages real quick, stage one is I am about me. It's the adolescent part of us. It's the part of a child where their whole focus and attention is really on themselves and what they want and what they need. And that's appropriate to a certain age. Stage two is I am my tribe, I am my behavior. That is where we find that we need more structure, we need more rules to follow. Um, And that's important in terms of, it helps us get out of stage one. Uh, Now, stage three is I'm my feelings. I feel, therefore I am. So we become more aware of the emotional world and become in in tune with that language. Stage four is I'm myself. I'm my smaller self. It's it's life, kind of the fullness of our ego. Um, And I say ego not in a bad way. It's just a necessary thing. Stage five is I'm my shame. I'm my shadow. Stage six is I'm powerless. Uh, those two stages, five and six, are so much of a place of, of an undoing, if you will. It is a, a death while still alive. But then stage seven hits, I am my larger self. That is where you begin to step into something much more true about you. Um, and it's really realizing and coming into who you have always been but you just didn't really know to trust that voice. Stage eight is I'm connected, connected to myself, to God, to others, to an intimate partner. Um, Stage eight is really that place where you realize that you know and are able to live out and trust that which was always in you, and you can trust that that voice is good and true. And then stage nine is I am me. I am who I am. You step into the fullness of who you are and who you've always been. And honestly, I, I'm no, I know I'm not at that stage. Uh, and I really only know a few people that are. Um, I've gotten a sense that they, they're they there, but they're older. They've lived so much life and experienced so much, so much pain and, and failure and heartbreak, but also... They've tapped into something where they're fully alive and I'll speak more to that um, throughout these this series. but again, I think the thing that's I, I want to be careful about is is um, you, you'll hear me mention ego a lot and that's the part of us that we can also call it our will. Um, we know when we're we're an ego when we are... Trying to live out of power and control, we're trying to will it hap- will something to happen. It's our will. It's it's our own autonomous self. But the problem is, it it really is self focused versus others. And so, as I'm speaking about these stages, I'm very mindful that the ego part of me and and the ego of all of us really wants to know where we are so we can measure it, and and we want to. And hope that we're much further along than we actually maybe really are, and so it takes a lot of honest self-reflection, but also equally some compassion towards ourselves too. That this is not about something to be achieved, though I'll be honest and the first to say that I, uh, anima- uh, I'm an achiever at heart, so I naturally uh, am drawn to trying to measure where I'm at, and I have to be careful about that. Uh, full disclosure um, but the point of it is it helps us see I think if there's anything I, I want to put focus less on what stage we're at and and less about a stage but more of the experience about life lived in certain stages of our journey because I think it's the, the hope I, I have in, in anybody listening to this is that you'll know you're not alone and you'll be able to identify, oh, there's these things in this stage that I didn't know were common. There's these common elements that's, I think if I can name one purpose behind all this is that you can have something named, a context, a language of like, okay, I know where I'm at. This helps me. I know now maybe where I'm going that I didn't know before. Um, This is not a prescription for every person. Uh, each person certainly has to open himself or herself to you to the unique mystery from within um, this isn't about getting to a certain stage and then feeling that you're better uh, or worse than another um, we're all equal uh, in our dignity and humanity of, and certainly uh, deserve uh, love and mercy for each of these stages um, the whole point is honestly about reintroducing ourselves to ourself, capital, ourself, capital O, ourself. That it's trying to bring back and awaken these aspects of us, and trying to get us back to to home, which is us. Uh, the hardest thing, honestly, about life is we got to learn to sit with ourselves. And really learn who we are without trying to numb out or get distracted by things on the outside world so that's the heart behind all this that's the the idea of these stages Um, today I'll probably speak more in generalities a broad brush uh, scope of this but I To me, when I read some of the themes as it relates to this, what I noticed was that, unfortunately, much of the Capital C Church, um, and I'm speaking to a a Capital C Church regardless of uh, certain religion, uh, denomination, sect, but the overall church unfortunately speaks at. From out of a uh, smaller self mentality, so it tends to unfortunately be out of still ego, out of a power and control, which the byproduct of that is people leave very wounded from that, um, and there's the the struggle is trying to break free. So at times you'll feel more like. Um, seeing what's wrong with it. But this is never to exclude the church. It actually belongs. It belong, Our faith belongs. But it's trying to make sense of it and yet transcend it. So let's dig in. Stage one, the I am um, about me. The, the clear sense is that, you know, a child, an adolescent, They get to be about them. They're trying to discover the world and they'll be pretty self-focused. I mean, adolescents, teenagers, uh, they, you know, are are typically, they're gonna think about them first. Not in, obviously, children have the ability for empathy and they can see above themselves, but it's age appropriateness. Uh, They, at that stage in life, you're trying to learn to separate yourself from parents, find your own identity. It's it's a necessary thing, but when it's taken too far, as we start to grow older in experience, we tend to unfortunately become entrenched of I'm um, about me, and that's where things start to go awry. Um, there's a phrase within AA. A, uh, I think it's actually a, a book pamphlet called King Baby, and this book is a lot of um, Participants in AA read it, Alcoholics Anonymous, and they'll they'll talk about how the entitlement that we tend to try to rule our own individual world, but there's a real childness to it. It's a uh, very narcissistic, self-referential. And so in this stage one, if you stay stuck, if you stay insulated to learning to uh, have to live under authority... Um, you, this is where addiction comes in. And I will say everyone's an addict of something. So we, in our addictions, whether it's people pleasing, whether it's social media, Instagram, that we're addicted to to Facebook or, or much worse substances at times, alcohol, um, drugs, sex, whatever it is. The whole the the point of all everything about addiction is it's really an attempt to try to circumvent and not have to be present to our feelings and all that and so in a lot of ways we're not able yet in life to be fully present and it's too painful so we have to use other things to put in the place um a, a friend recently told me that um less than optimal behavior always comes from pain and pain is where we actually have to move to and get to in stage five and six but in stage one we're so we stage one it, we we avoid it at all costs that we can't see and and we don't know and have the ability to move into that so we have to um, we have to have structure and that's where if we can, open ourselves up enough to authority, open ourselves enough to to structure, we're able to move in stage two. And that's where 12 steps is really helpful that especially within uh, AA and SA and NA, uh, meaning AA is Alcoholics Anonymous, SA is Sexaholics Anonymous, and NA, um, uh, Narcotics Anonymous. Those three, it's very behavior focused. And it's similar to where High schoolers, kids, teenagers, they need so much structure. That's why the military can be really good for them. They have to go off to a boot camp. And the military, what do they do? They make it very structured and very rule-oriented. And it's necessary at the time. Um, Rohr, in one of his books, uh, probably in several of his books, but in, particularly Falling Upward, he talks about that we need to have a strong container especially for adolescents, that if we have a strong container, the do's and don'ts, we don't tend to branch out and, and live wild, live too wild in life. Because as an adolescent, if we don't have those rules and things to, to keep us structured, we can do a lot of very self-destructive things. And that's what's happened to the, the, the addict is they, somewhere in their story, whether it's their culture or community or family unit didn't give them the structure or they just outright rebelled to the family structure, you have to be willing to put yourself back under an authority for a while so you can learn to live kind of as a, as a citizen of doing the, right, the next right thing. And that's where stage two enters in. It's I'm my tribe, I'm a, my behavior. Um, it's very behavior focused. Uh, I, I sit with a lot of clients that are dealing with addiction. And if someone goes off to SA, I mean, it's it's really reporting their behavior, how they're doing. And, and there's a goodness into that for a while where they find that they need a community, um, much like the military, if they're if you will, where they're almost going every day. They're able to check in. They're able to have accountability and really to be called out on their behavior but not in a shaming way this is where stage two I'm my tribe I'm my behavior gets there's some goodness to it but also you'll see that if it's if someone stays at stage two it could can become abusive so stage two the focus is on this place of a very black and white thinking it's it's good and necessary up to a point. It helps us move out of our selfish, self-focused behavior. But where it goes wrong is you can become so insulated in the behavior that you start to become judgmental um, because it, it, it can become so clean in the the stage about the do's and don'ts. I mean, this is where legalism comes into play, and um, and a lot of it, unfortunately, is is tends to be more uh, conservative focused, not in a bad way, but taken to extreme, the fundamental thinking, the fundamentalist, where you're either in or you're out, um, and this is where the harm starts to begin to happen. Again, we need it for a while that because we have a community it helps us grow helps us stay within a tribe and keep the rules of the tribe and we start to to grow in our behavior but as the will and ego kicks in it starts to become very performance oriented now the larger church will most will say hey it's it's by grace that we're saved it's not by works but when push come to shove, it's still about works. It's still about performance. It's still about um, as long as you use this language, as long as you kind of keep to the behavioral code you're in. Now, the moment you start questioning the authority that at one point, mind you, was actually the authority was good for us because we needed it to, to, to grow. But then we start to realize that the authority of the tribe is actually ego-led, it's ego-driven, it's ego, it's, it's led by leaders that really are still all about them. At the end of the day, it's all about power and control. And we start to find that, that it's, it's not really all that it's cracked up to be, that, that it can become very mean. And um, you find that you actually have to kind of start to branch out of the tribe. But there's a um, almost a cult-like reaction to leave it. And I'm not talking, um, these, this is even very mainstream, but you start to see the, the hypocrisy of of the, the, of the group. And you can't really speak directly to it because whoever you're going to speak to won't really understand. You have to almost leave it to get away and and so you can evolve into the next stage. And that next stage is I, am my emotion. So this is the place where you start to become in in touch with your feelings. You know, those feelings of glad, sad, uh, anger, hurt, lonely, shame, guilt. Uh resentment, disgust, uh, all those things of, of emotion that what they do is you start to get in touch with the feeling world and it allows you to develop compassion, empathy. Um, interestingly, it starts to look a little more liberal, liberal focused and, and I'm not getting political here. I'm trying to, to, to get in that dialogue at all because this is something bigger than Republican, Democrat, conservative, uh, liberal discussions. But it, it's evolved by, but by not much. And so as you get in touch with the emotion, you do get a, a, a sense of something so much bigger than just you and so much bigger than life as you've known it. The struggle is, it's still so self-focused, uh, and this is where, even within therapy circles, um, you know, uh, there's oftentimes kind of a joke that you know you're going to go in and meet with a therapist, and they're going to ask you how you feel, and and yeah, rightfully so that we need to process our emotions, but if it becomes all about our emotions, what it does is it starts to become so self-referential self-reference that we're not able to see something bigger outside of ourself. Uh, That's why I I remember when studying philosophy in college, Descartes famously said, I think therefore I am in the awareness of our own mind and the, 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 the rational. But in a lot of ways stage three is I feel therefore I am. And so interesting when we come aware of our emotions, it can lead to a lot of uh, disruption within relationships, particularly our our partner, because we're going to start using these words of feelings to to actually just um, embolden our ego more. And so things are growing, we're evolving, but what has to be talked about is a surrender. But even if Even if I can say on paper, hey, be aware of surrendering yourself, be aware of letting go of something bigger than you. We're not going to do it just yet because we're going to still be kind of living in stage two of our will performance mentality and then stage three of my emotions. Um, But we're not able to step outside of that, that our ego, until really a death-like experience. Also, part of the struggle with uh, stage three is that just like stage two, it's very formulaic. Um, there's, because of our ego and our self-will, we're trying to still be in control that we would, we become a little more well-versed in the language around it and using the, the, the emotions, but we try to fit it in a formula that of engagement with people, and it, becomes so about what we're feeling. It, it becomes so heightened that it overrides something much more deep and sacred um, because all that you can really see is y- your own emotion. You can't see past it to someone else fully. Um, but we, we, we use our emotion, but where it starts to go wrong more and more is we're overusing the emotion. We're trying to fits someone in a box and again those that theme of you're either in or you're out fits and so comments like well you just don't know how to do relationship or you're not going to do relationship like us comes up or they just don't know how to really feel and they're not evolved yet starts coming up and so that that old you're in or you're out black and white thinking still seeps in and what it does is it it, it creates a separation still. But if we can honor the goodness of the stage three, that I am my emotions, if we can honor the, uh, the place of emotion without it being fully in charge, we can move on to that stage four of I am my smaller self, which means we're connected to our body, we're connected to a, a deeper awareness. And we get to move out of just I'm my emotion, I'm my feelings. We can see something bigger than just feelings. And so this is the place that it's, it's we want to move here. It's good. We, we develop and become professionals. We experience a, a sense of success. Maybe it's of the goodness of our family, the success of our career, our vocation. We become respected in our community. We become someone that people uh, seek out. We become someone that of wisdom. And it's really the fullness of us and the, we have ability of awareness and we have the ability to be present to not only ourselves but to others. But the thing that starts to show as a marker is deep down subconscious it's still about us at the end of the day Um, it's still about ego um, which is a power and control and again we know we're living out of ego or someone else is when it's about power and control and what's so difficult about this stage is trying to unwind our own control and power and few of us, if any, actually ever really choose and are able to, to drop off from ego. Something bigger has to take place. And that's where uh, pain enters in. That's where a death-like experience they're going to be talking about in the next series um, that probably um, I, I plan on doing three series around this. Stage five and six will, there's so much there on its own of talking about this death-like experience, the dark night of the soul, that I'll just give, need more time to talk on that. But but before that, um, what's hard about this, I think, is people that go into stage five and six where life just falls apart, where life all of a sudden breaks open and everything that you thought would be is no longer what you envisioned. Prior to that, stage four, and any stage up to that, uh, those in stage two, three, and four, life seems really good. I mean, things are going well. Uh, it's almost like you see that, like, they've kind of lived a storied life. And at times you can kind of be really disillusioned by that because it's like, I mean, mind you, these are good people. I mean, it's, it's, um, but, but you can tell it's like, people have become a little too insulated to themselves. There's this, uh, I referenced in some other podcast, David White, and um, he he references uh, in two of his poems, Moses. He grew up, I believe, Catholic um, in, in Great Britain, I think particularly in Wales. And one of his poems, he references Moses in that when, Uh, Moses went before God. God says, take off your shoes. And David White makes the point that that reference is actually the the Hebrew reference of that. uh, Is the take off your shoes portion means shed your skin. And when I heard that, I was like, yes, that's it. It's that here we, you know, Moses was... Uh, Prince of Egypt, uh, Pharaoh's adopted son, here he was living in the palace. Everything was going good until it wasn't. And that then him seeing what was happening to his own people, then murdering someone, he, f- he fled. And he fled and ran. And then had to enter into this next stage, of stage five and six of uh, I Am My Shame. I am empty and powerless. But prior to that, it's that that life before it gets hard. Life before it, uh, it all falls apart and that everyone sees that it's falling apart on you. Now, it's not going so great for you internally if you're really honest. Let's be uh, clear here. There are secrets within. There are things that you wouldn't dare let anybody know. So life of stage two, one, two, three, and four, I am my shame, or I am my smaller self, excuse me, is your life's not all aligned. It's, it's not perfect, but you, it's not been opened up for the world to see. It, it's been kept a secret. And so uh, this is where ministers, pastors, leaders, other um, people that speak very articulately about this place they've become so insulated. And I, and this was part of my story too. I became insulated in my own knowledge and in my own behavior and on my own performance that um, I needed something big to break it open. And the great fear is that if people really knew, if we really let go of our power and control, the fear is that we would be become undone, that we wouldn't be able to bear it. And in a lot of ways, we do become undone and we can't bear it. And that's what, where it absolutely feels like it will be the end of us. And then crazily, that's part of the journey. That when you enter into stage five and six, there's something so much bigger that had to be this way. And I'll speak to that in another time. But but. The truth of this stage one through four is that we want to evolve we do want to grow we want to to grow in our understanding uh both of of knowledge and of of emotion and all those things are good things um we just need something bigger to take place to get us out of out of the way of ourselves, and that's where if you can be open to the pain that starts to come into your, to yourself and you can not lose heart, that's the point of it all, that, that you allow um, things to be less black and white. It's not all clean and tidy. Just the other day I was reading, and I'll finish here for today, but um, uh, one of Roar's emails talks about this theme of life is about order, disorder, reorder. Life is about being organized, then it's the season of disorganized, and then the final season of reorganized. And so, so much of stage one through four is about order. It's about being organized. We we want to try to control it so it's clean and tidy and it fits. We It fits nicely within our community, within our friend group. And... Um, but it doesn't really lend to full heart living. Um, so I'll h- end here today, and uh, the next uh, podcast will be on stage five and six. That I am a shadow, shame, I'm my shadow, and then I'm empty and powerless. But for now, thanks for your time. And. Uh,